the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Bert Harper, Alex McFarland here, and it's our treat to be with you here. And uh, we've got a guest today, Alex. We're looking forward to interviewing. He's been with AFR all day, and uh, some of our listeners listen quite a bit, but some people just join us for this hour. So we'll be introducing him, but you doing all right today? I'm doing good. So glad to be on with you. And yes, I heard the guest uh, earlier on today's issues, and so I'm excited the Exploring the Word audience is going to get to meet him as well. It is, and so without further ado, uh, <laughs> let me introduce Greg Van Buskirk. Greg, welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. And it's good yeah. to have you, and you're with the ICU Mobile Units. That's correct. That's and correct. Uh, everybody want been hearing about it, but what's so good about it is what I saw, the mission. Here's the statement. Serving women, saving lives, sharing Christ. That's what we do. Uh, we're very clear and very direct. Yep. Alex, that's that sounds like a very noble, but I would say biblical model of service. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, America's great ethic of life is straight from the Bible because people are made in God's image. And Genesis 1.27 says we're made in the image of God, and for that reason, every life is valuable. And when I was listening, uh, Greg, to your interview there on today's issues earlier today, um, I I want you to reiterate for the people how powerful it is when people see an ultrasound of a baby and they realize that's a human life. And as Christians, we are called to stand for life. So it's very powerful uh, in the lives of people, isn't it? Absolutely. It it really shows and demonstrates humanity. The, the, The technology of of ultrasound today it is just improved so much. They now have full what they call 4D ultrasounds that actually look like a picture, a 4D or 3D picture of of the baby in the womb, and it just clearly shows its humanity. You can see every detail in, in just you know fine fine focus. And uh, when women see that, that are thinking about abortion and realize that it is a real life. It is not only a real life, but it is a baby. And not only is it a baby, it is her baby. Uh, so many times, three out of four women that see their their child, see the baby on ultrasound, choose life on on the mobiles. And it's just, it's just a, a fun, it, it just, the transformation is incredible. They just, they're just so excited. And usually the team that's around them are, are just as excited. Not many times when the woman leaves, there's not a tear, the dry eye there because they're so excited to see the reaction of that woman. Amen. So, let me, let me share this real quickly, Alex, because I don't want to miss this. Uh, we had a listener that uh, heard about this. And they've called in and laid out a $10,000 challenge. Now, that wasn't going on while you were listening to today's issues. This came in the last hour and a half or maybe two hours ago. And a $10,000 challenge that will be matched by people that will go to AFR.net. That's AFR.net. And make this pledge for the ICU mobile uh, unit. And let me share with you what it's going for, and then you can continue. It's going to buy a new unit that will serve Mississippi. 
Presently, there's 44 mobile medical units across the states in 22 states, but not one of them is in Mississippi. And the Mississippi Delta, where it would be serving, is great need there in the area of Greenwood. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's there in the college area of uh of Mississippi Valley State University. And and so we want you to be a part of that. The Greenville area, Greenwood area, and Mississippi Valley State, and a $10,000 GAN matching is – so when you call in and say, I want to give 100 we have this individual said, I'll match that up to $10,000, and you'd visit at AFR.net. I wanted everybody to know that, Alex. And it's a great Amen. opportunity for your, your listeners to be involved – and and save a life because it, every day that mobile's not on the on on the ground and operating is lives being lost and so uh, by making those contributions getting that mobile out sooner there's lives going to be saved and the kingdoms will be furthered uh through the gospel of jesus christ uh, tell us a little bit about the history of the ministry if you would i'll be happy to alex um in uh, a number of years ago uh, there was a pregnancy center outside of akron ohio who's whose uh, executive director, her name was Sylvia Slifko, uh, just was not seeing a lot of abortion-minded women. And she felt God was putting on her heart that she should go and take the ultrasound technology to the women. You know, just like following the model that, that Christ simulated when he was here. He didn't sit and wait for people to come to him. He went to them. And so she was feeling that that's what God was calling her to do. So she came across a, a used mobile uh, RV, had it retrofitted, and started doing it, and started seeing abortion-minded women. And then people started hearing about it, and uh, one thing led to another, and she was on a radio program, and she was a, in a national magazine, and she, people started writing her, asking her for information, and she started out writing a five-page booklet, then a 10-page booklet, and finally the board said, look, this is getting too big. You've got to spin this off as a separate um, uh, ministry. So about 2009... They was that was spun off and started up as a as a standalone ministry, uh, and and ICU stands for I C U baby, so mm. it's kind of a subliminal, but it says you can see you can see life, you can see the humanity, you can see the baby. I see you, Amen. Now I, I want to get this in because you were in business thirty years. Yep. What did God do to get you out of that? Well, to do it, this, brother. <laughs> you know, as I as you as you go through life, God works works. It's as I talked this morning, and I was I had the pleasure of doing the devotional this morning with your team here. And it's it's not all about where you end up; it's the journey you take, how God bolds uh, and shapes your character, and and your life. And so uh, I started listening to the AFR in the '90s when I was living in Wichita, Kansas, and. It was the summer for life was there, and a lot of stuff was going on, and I had interactions with a number of people doing things with the pro-life segment, but I was still in business, and I continued on. And then um, I saw a lot of my friends starting to retire early, and they started saying, started working for nonprofits. I said, you know, that'd be a lot of fun to do. So I, I figured when I get old enough to retire, I'll, I'll, I'll start doing that. Well, you know, God's plan is a perfect plan. It was different than my plan. And so I, I found myself... Uh, out of a job because uh, the, the company I was working for, there was uh, about 100 of us middle managers that they said, oh, we don't need you any longer. <laughs> so long. Bad place to be in yeah, the middle. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the middle, right? So so we were out the door. But, you know, I didn't feel bad. I said, okay, well, I've I still got my plan. I can I can, I can can do this. We'll just, I'll just wait and, and 
work at whatever I can do to get to retirement age, and I'll, I'll flip over and do this. But uh, about six months after I was laid off, uh, uh, I got an invite from one of the board members at ICU uh, for me to come over and help them do some work on their their, their business development, some of the areas that I, I was uh, uh, good in, in in my business career. And so I started working with them, and, and about six months after I was starting to work with them, um, uh, my contract ended, I left, and I, I was back looking for another job, and I got a call from the same board member and said, uh, we're going. We want to. We want you to come back, but we want you to take over as the executive director. And and uh, and so I came back, and and uh, it's just been an incredible journey. God's doing some amazing things every year. I mean, um, what what's really impressed upon me is I think this is the time for ICU Mobile because for such a time as this, um, the face of abortion has changed. It used to be surgical. It used to be going to uh, go to a, a uh, abortion clinic and have your surgery procedure done, it's turning more and more to chemical abortion. And it's now 50, over 50% of the abortions that are happening are now pill or chemical abortion. So mm. instead of going to abortion clinic so much, a lot of women are just making the decision, sitting in front of a computer screen and pushing a button for their... And if you're not there in her neighborhood, if you're not there where she does life, you're going to miss the opportunities when those life decisions are going to be made. So I, I really feel God's calling us to do it and, and being out there. And and uh, when this was kind of laid out uh, so at, a, at a conference I was at, I said, okay, Lord, let's go. And uh, this year we launched eight units uh, across the United States. And we're working with a number of centers uh, that are wanting to go mobile. But it's it's we want to be in their communities. We want to be part of their life before they become pregnant even because when they do have that crisis, they do have that that unexpected happening. We want to be there, and they want to. They're comfortable coming to us. Amen. Um, your coverage map is very impressive, uh, and I'm on the website right now, by the way. And folks, again, we're talking with ICU Mobile, and I want to encourage you to go to afr.net/slash. I, the letter I, C. By the way, Alex, you don't have to do the slash. Just go to AFR.net. We simplified it, brother. Did you? Oh, <laughs> yeah, wonderful. we did, didn't let you know, but I thought I'd interrupt you. Just go <laughs> well, to AFR.net. That's, that's right. Um, you know, I look at the coverage map, and um, it's just wonderful that you're in 22 states. I wish you were in all 50. Um, do you have a plan, a long-term vision to get these mobile units and these ultrasound availabilities just everywhere? Well, yes, we do. And, and um, we we want to work with centers that are called to this ministry. This is a missionary work. This is not just a, a fluke or, oh, this sounds fun to do. You have to really have a heart for the mission to be able to be out there and do this because it's it's a struggle on resources. It's, a, it's an emotional drain because of, of what you're seeing every day. And so we work with centers that are that we feel God is calling uh, into this ministry, and uh, and we work with anyone across the United States. But in the last year or so, we we we've determined that we should really be paying special attention to areas where abortion has been the most devastating. So we have a, an initiative called Loving Life Initiative. And that's where we're focusing or, or have an, an extra emphasis around California, where there's 157,000 abortions a year. The Northeast, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Washington, D.C., uh, Western PA, where there's over 250,000 abortions a year. And then uh, uh, down around uh, 
Florida, where there's 76,000 abortions, nearly half the abortions that, that happen in the United States on an annual basis happen in those areas. So if, you're, if they're called, we'll work with them wherever they are. But we're, we're paying special attention, focus, and trying to, to, to raise sinners in those areas to be able to go out and make a difference for life and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our guest today in this first segment is Greg Van Buskirk. He is CEO. No, I'm just executive director. Executive director. Okay, I tried to give you a, a raise huh? real quick. Amen. Uh, executive director there of ICU Mobile. And today we're specializing in looking at helping purchase a mobile unit that would serve the Mississippi Delta, Delta Greenville, Greenwood, and Mississippi Valley State. And right now we have a $10,000 match going on. When you go to AFR.net, follow the link, and make your pledge. It will be matched right now. So, Greg, man, that's exciting. Somebody just heard this was not, quote, planned. This was somebody that heard it. They called in and said, we want to do this. That, that's a real blessing for, for the team down in Greenwood because they, they have such a heart. Uh, you know, Pastor Parker leads that effort down there and oh, he's yeah. he's got such a heart for not only the unborn but to to get the gospel out and to, to save save lives both physically and spiritually and this does both does alex that. uh i got to do this where he goes he has entered a great club the Amen. grandparent club as i was Praise looking God. over your yeah. resume yes I, uh, i'm a great wel welcome to that great hey. <laughs> and uh, I, I say that feel you blessed know, yeah you better believe it and uh but we do thank you for being with us today well, I appreciate the opportunity, and, you know, it, again, it gives your listeners the opportunity to save lives by making that donation and make that a reality for Greenwood. Alex, mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad to be a part of AFR that selects partners that saves lives and shares the gospel, brother. Amen. This is Exploring the Word. What an honor to be talking to ICU Mobile. You can donate and support and help save lives through ultrasounds by going to AFR.net. Do that now, make a contribution, and we'll be back with Exploring the Word. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Laura Daniel Davis, Assistant Secretary of the Interior of Land and Minerals Management. She oversees our country's lands and natural resources. Titus 2.7 reminds us of the importance of being a good steward. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Laura Daniel Davis in her work at the Department of the Interior. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says the downward spiral that destroys so many individuals and families can be stopped before it starts by doing what God has told us to do. He'll take us to the book of Genesis chapter 4 as we spend two minutes with Tony. You look at the fight in some families. Lots of couples are mad at each other. They're fighting all the time. They're fussing and cussing, but they're coming to church together. It never dawned on them that because we don't give God what he demanded, our countenance falls. We're mad all the time. Verse 7, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted again? You're going to smile again? 
And if you do not do well, if you don't change what you're doing, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. In other words, something's getting ready to eat you up. When you get angry and depressed, sin has got an open door to now dominate you, jump on you, and eat you up. So now an argument becomes a divorce. Now a, a little problem becomes an addiction because sin is now jumping all over you and it is creating havoc with you and it all showed up because your worship was wrong, your emotions got wrong, so your spirit got wrong and now you're under the control of sin. It's dominating you, controlling you, owning you. You're now addicted. You now can't control your emotions. You now can't control your violence. You now can't control your cussing. You now can't control your immorality. You now can't control it because what? Sin is eating you up. Learn more about how the power of real faith can reshape your reality. Get details on Dr. Evans' message series, Heroes of the Faith, by visiting us at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You're my defender. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. God is our healer, our savior, our leader, our Lord, our friend. And we welcome you back to Exploring the Word. We're going to continue our study that we're calling Prophets, Kings, and Kingdoms. And Alex McFarland here with Bert Harper, and we'll get to your Bible questions here in a few minutes. But Bert, I, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions. May I pose a question or two? Go right ahead. Who was the youngest of Jesse's eight sons. He worked as a farmer and livestock breeder, you might say. He was the second anointed king of Israel and was anointed by Samuel and would uh, be famous in a lot of ways and would figure into the lineage of, of Jesus even. Jesse's youngest of eight sons, who would that have been, Bert? Well, it couldn't have been Eliab. He wasn't the youngest, nor was it Abinadab, another one, Shemot. But it was David, and uh, what a man he was. Now, Alex, uh, Samuel makes the visit to Bethlehem to find the king. God directed him there, and he said, I'm going to let you know. So he directed him to Jesse's house. So Jesse had all of his sons to line up and parade. I'm using that word, you know, loosely, uh, yeah. to show uh, their beauty contest, you know, for men. What I know that doesn't sound good in our day, but, you know, they were having that. And, and his heart jumped when he saw the size and the looks of these guys. But God's heart didn't jump, did it? <laughs> no, he didn't. And, and by the way, this is um, in 1 Samuel 17. But, but it's very interesting, and, and let me just say there's a lesson in this, because all of these sons, the seven sons of Jesse are there, and um, God says, no, um, don't look for the height or the strength or any of those things that, you know, humanly we might say, okay, this is obviously the leader. 
And Samuel, uh, it's always kind of, I thought, been a little bit poignant or sad. Uh, Samuel goes, well, do you have any other sons? And Jesse <laughs> says, nope, that's all. Well, sure, yeah, there is one other son, but he's out, you know, looking after the, the livestock. And Samuel says, well, go get him. And, of course, it was it was David. But uh, isn't that something that we often, as human beings, we look at the things that the world might call leadership qualities, uh, but yet, uh, fundamentally, as we've often talked about, God looks at the heart and the character and the spiritual health of a person, not necessarily the physical stature. Well, let me, have you thought about this? Samuel had already anointed a person like the one you were describing, leadership, looks, physique, and his name was Saul. And look what happened. And uh, so God reminded Samuel, don't look on the outward appearance. That's not what I do. I look on the inside. I look at the person that is there. Now, they may not have arrived yet, but I see them. Isn't that great that God, you know, you remember that old song, he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Alex, uh, I thank God that he takes us the way we are to come to him, but he does not leave us that way. He comes in and we're new creations in Christ to be made new. And I would say while David was out there watching over those sheep and uh, taking care of them and his brothers were, you know, there with the prophet and looking at what they might be able to do, God, you know, God knew what he was doing. He was he was preparing a young boy for a big job, wasn't he? He, he really was. And you know what? I think each of us, like when we look at David, um, we need to remember in our own lives that God sees what we could be and what we will be. And very often, you know, we look inside, uh, and I mean that kind of in an unhealthy way. We might focus on ourselves or we, we might look backward and obsess about the past. And we often tell ourselves that, you know, well, God God blessed this one over here, but God will never bless me that way. God looks and sees what we could be. Now, I want to get back to David and Samuel, but I want to remind you of um, Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first, first, primary, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things be added unto you. And Jay Strack, many of you know the name Jay Strack, just, oh my goodness, one of the great Christian leaders of our time, and he's touched so many uh, young people's lives. Bert, when I was at Liberty, Jay Strack would come every spring and do Spiritual Emphasis Week for two or three years. Every every spring, he would come. I'll never forget, he was talking about the life of David. And of course, you know, very famously, David had protected the sheep from coyotes and lions and predators. And so David was able to get the the slingshot and kill Goliath. But while the others were doing whatever they were doing, David knew what it was to have to be out there and be brave. To And no doubt, as many of us farm boys do, he had time to think about the Lord and pray. Uh, Jay Strack said, In hidden valleys, shepherds become kings. Amen. And I I, I want to say this. I'll throw it back to you, Bert. Maybe you're out there. uh, I talked to a great pastor one time, and he was working in a manufacturing plant. 
and he wanted to preach. And he was at night doing Bible school by correspondence. And he said, for, for years, I was working in the factory, and he said, I was, you know, baptizing machine parts in oil, but I was wishing I was baptizing people. He said, and I was praying and praying, and he said, you know, I got a little country church. You gave me a chance to preach, and it was a great honor. Uh, he said, but ultimately, God put all these opportunities in front of me because I was, my heart was to God, even when I, as a career, couldn't really be full-time serving God. Here's my point. David wasn't just anointed king of Israel in 1043 B.C. by Samuel. Uh, David um, was being groomed for this, you know, by serving God, walking with God, all those years that he was out there on the, the, the wilderness of nowhere. And you might be like that. You might think you're out in the desert. God is with you. And, and let every day be a time that you can be growing closer to God, serving God, growing, because your, your time will come. Um, look, before we go back, i got to say one more thing. I've shared this illustration before, Bert, but um, Gary Collins, who, not the TV host, but the leader in Christian counseling, when I was at Liberty, I had a Christian counseling really minor with Dr. Gary Collins. And he, he said this, he said, if you look at an airport, all these airplanes are out there on the runway and their engines are running and their gas tank is full, uh, but one gets to take off and another does. He said, but the pilot has to keep their eyes on the control tower. And sometimes, for whatever reason, they'll have one take off and maybe some other has to sit there. And he said, that's like we Christians. We want to serve the Lord. He said, look, stay ready. Keep your eyes on the master controller. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And if you will wait on the Lord, eventually master control will say, okay, now is your time. Take off and soar. But you've got to keep your eyes on the Lord and be ready. Well, David's time came along, didn't it? And Samuel tapped him, and he became Israel's greatest king. Let me share with you, this is kind of a pattern with God. Let, let's think a minute. Moses, uh, he was in Egypt. He thought his time had come, and God said no, and he tried to take it in his own hands, won't go through all that. Forty years in the desert, and then God calls him from that burning bush, sends him back to Egypt to lead the people out of bondage to freedom where they would God would bless them. But 40 years of quietness in the desert before Paul started his great mission work, although God used him a little bit before that. He spent three years in Arabia. Uh, I don't know all that he did. We call it, I'd say, the school of hard knocks or desert learning or what, but he was there. De desert University. Yes. And what about Jesus himself? Okay. Thir we have what we call the silent years from 12 years old to 30 years old. Uh, you know, if I do my math right, that's 18 years. All we know is he went back to Nazareth and was subject to his parents and grew in grace and knowledge of the Lord in favor with God and with man. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of silent there, Alex. And yeah. that's that seems to be a pattern that God uses in a great way. Now, it's not always that way but it seems to be a very important pattern with these biblical heroes that, that we just are amazed. One more 
And that's the men, the apostles, a fisherman, tax collector. A, one was a revolutionary, you know? Mm. And uh, so God had these people learning some things, and then Jesus called them to himself, and he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. God does say that. He saw that in David. And I love this in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16 that has the story about David being anointed. In verse 22 and 23, it says, Then uh, Saul said to Jesse, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. But here is what it is. So it was whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, David would take a harp and play it. I I don't understand all the years that that was taking place, and then the time with Goliath. I understand all the the terminology here and how they work together, but here it was. God also let David serve in a subservient position. Not only well, was he a a shepherd, but he was also quote a servant to Saul. And I was just going to say, and he was a musician. He really was. Yeah. And, and you know what? Think about this. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I no, I was through. I just wanted when, to make when, that quick point. You go ahead. You know, when uh, Saul was troubled by an evil spirit, and again, we don't, don't completely understand all that was going on, but Saul's heart was changing. David comes in as an armor bearer, says, you know, uh, I mean, if, if you read this in verse um, 18 of um, 1 Samuel 16, you, you see, they recognize leadership qualities in the life of young David. Um, I know someone, he plays the harp, he's Jesse's son from Bethlehem, he's brave, he's a good soldier, he's a good speaker, he's handsome, and the Lord is with him. Now, do you know, uh, they saw leadership in the life of young David because David was godly. And David would play the harp when Saul was under the oppression of, of an evil spirit. But here's the thing. Don't you think, Bert, uh, David was observing, and when his time for leadership came around, I bet he remembered things that he had seen in the life of Saul that he thought, uh, wow, I don't want to do like that. I don't want to be that way. Um, You know, I've often wondered if Saul had an anger problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I believe he did. I think you're exactly right. And let me say this about serving somewhere. I I was a mission pastor, and I served in a role there associated with a larger church and would serve there. I served as a youth minister under the leadership of a pastor. And this, what you said is so true. Youth look at things, and if you are teachable, you see the things you need to do, but you also see the things, well, I'm not so sure I need to do that. You know, I don't want to go yeah. there. Uh, if you look at that, so God, God's preparation is real, and God prepares you for what he uh, has for you. And I, I believe David's time there as a shepherd and as the servant of, of Saul at that time pr- was preparing him. And, and he didn't take the grass too quickly. Alex, he had the opportunity. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But during that time, after he had been anointed and Saul was still living, and this was going on, uh, David had the opportunity to cut Saul's life short. And mm. the way Saul was going after him, it could be called 
self-defense. And he said, I'm, I'm taking care of myself. But David would not touch, quote, God's anointed. David was willing to wait for that which God would have, which would be the best. I, you know, I'm afraid sometimes we don't wait upon the Lord enough. Now, you don't sit and just do nothing while you're waiting, but you do wait upon the Lord. You listen for him. And and I think David had that school of difficulty, uh, the school of, of what he was going through. And then the time he was with Goliath and he saw what God had done with him as a shepherd, he was ready to do it now as a soldier. You know, that's yeah. that's the man. He said, God. He didn't talk about Goliath's size. He talked about God, you know, and what God had done. I think sometimes yeah. we uh, make our our obstacles bigger than they are. We need to look to God. Uh, do you know I've always loved this, and when you and I have taught on First uh, Samuel 17, and there's Eliab, the, the brother that was critical of David, but David goes out to Goliath and says, I come to you in the name of the Lord God that you have defied. Uh David, he represented the Lord. He fought in the power of the Lord. He spoke the name of the Lord. But, you know, um, David was, uh, I think, in, in a lot of ways, uh, a person of humility because even though, you know, 1 Samuel eighteen twenty nine says that Saul was an enemy of David for the rest of his life. Isn't that sad? And then they're in the cave, you know, the very famous scenario in 1 Samuel 24 when um, David, um, it's, it's really rather humorous. David could have killed Saul in a cave, but he didn't. And then later when Saul left this cave, David hollers out and says, O king, live forever. Uh, so David was a, a very wise person. Now, I think there's a couple of places where he was unwise, but we can talk about that later too. We will. But we're going to take calls in the last segment. That number, triple eight. 589-8840. We want your Bible questions, so give us a call. We would love to talk with you today on Exploring the Word. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Poll puts Trump down 14 points to Biden in general election showdown. Guess who did the survey? It's CNN. We're supposed to believe this. And we look at the end of it and it says that the CNN poll was conducted between June 2nd to the 5th with 1,259 people nationwide questioned by live telephone. Really? Okay. I do not trust these polls. Just don't trust them. Sandy Rios in the morning. Weekdays at 7 Central on American Family Radio. David, the son of Jesse, just an ordinary giant slayer. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. David's battle with Goliath is an epic drama where the little boy stands in God's power to conquer the Philistine giant. David didn't awaken that morning expecting to slay a giant. He didn't stroll in with an entourage after a rugged mountain range training camp like Rocky and Rocky IV. He was just a regular kid bringing his brother's lunch. 
but fully confident in God's immeasurable power. Though he saw Goliath, David never acknowledged him as a giant, saying, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dared defy the Lord of hosts? When regular people are fully persuaded, fully confident in God's power, giants fall. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. In Psalm 16, verse 6, David wrote, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. A skillful gardener knows how to make her plants flourish. She creates the borders, plants complementary flowers, protects her plants from weeds, and ensures the right amounts of water and fertilizer, all for her garden to grow beautifully. David's life included its share of suffering, yet he described his life the way we might describe a garden, pleasant and delightful. David knew God's sovereignty had made his life that way. Because God is sovereign, He has the power to do whatever He desires in your life. And because God is unfailingly good, you can trust that His plans are always the absolute best plans. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Be silent before me so that I may speak. Then let come upon me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Job 13, 13 through 15. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. to Exploring the Word. Bert Harper with you, along with Dr. Alex McFarland. And we have phone lines open. A lot of times they get filled up quickly. Today it's going a little slower, so we've got lines open. So we would have time to talk with you if you can get that call in, ask us your questions. But while we're doing that, Alex, I know you're going to be traveling this weekend. Tell us about it. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to uh, tomorrow morning I fly to Mississippi. And I'm going to be in Columbia, Mississippi. We've got a wonderful event, and it's going to be at the uh, the Tri-County Expo Center. And so we're going to be preaching the gospel, and you can get some info on that at my own website, which is alexmcfarland.com. The other thing I want to remind everybody of is Truth for a New Generation is coming up uh, October 15 through 17 in Myrtle Beach with Sandy Rios and Frank Turek and E.W. Jackson and, you know, guys, uh, let me just say this. We are in such a battle for worldview, woke culture, socialism, Marxism. Kids go away to college, and they very often become agnostics or even anti-American. Um, you need to come to Truth For New Generation in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. Hotel discounts, group discounts, we've done a lot to make it accessible. But this is a perfect event to bring young people to. And um, not only this weekend in Mississippi, but October, come to Myrtle Beach, sign up, and let's get equipped 
to save our nation. Amen. Praise the Lord that things are opening up and Alex is on the road able to do this. And uh, so I, I let me encourage you, you will be blessed. Not uh, just Alex in Columbia, Mississippi. He is worth coming and hearing. God will has used him and he's using him now. But all of those people at Truth for a New Generation, what an opportunity. I pray that you would do that. Well, we got people that have called in. We're going to go to Alabama first and talk to Caleb. Caleb, welcome. Hi there. Good to have hey, you, man. You me? Yes, you're on. Go right ahead, brother. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my call is in regards to uh, the Bible's context and using the terminology of Mother Nature. <clears throat> Excuse me. As a cattle producer and farmers and ranchers, we are truly dependent on the weather, whether it be especially the rain and drought and temperatures, et cetera. And a lot of times we hear, uh, you know, our fellow farmers and ranchers use the term, well, it's all up to Mother Nature. And I was just wanted to know your opinion. Is the Bible speak anything in, in context of using that saying? Would it be unbiblical to use that saying, Mother Nature? And, and maybe you could elaborate on that, please. Oh, man, Caleb. Mm. First of all, Alex and I want to give you a shout out for we we there's people that we really hear a lot and if you're a farmer rancher Alex and our kind of uh, our pride goes up a little bit the good kind of pride Amen. to know to know a little bit of what that's like and we say thank you for what all you guys do and are doing I yeah. you know I I don't want to use the term Mother Nature Alex no. um, uh, is it wrong. Uh, I, I would not necessarily go that far, but uh, I don't think it's best for sure. No, uh, and by the way, God bless you. Thanks for listening, and, and we love the farmers. I um, come from a farming family myself, and so we've got a lot of appreciation for all of you. You, you know what? It's interesting. The Word of God says this. I'm going to give you a couple of verses. Genesis 8.22 says that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, the day and night shall not cease. And God is the Lord over these, seed time and harvest. God is God over this world as long as it stands. And then in Matthew 5.45, it says that God makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. So clearly, and I remember praying with my dad when we had corn, 100 acres of corn in the ground, and we needed it to rain, and we would have a family prayer meeting. And so it's God who is the Lord of the harvest. The phrase Mother Nature comes to us from the Greeks. In Greek mythology, there was a goddess called Gaia that, um, and by the way, it's, it means earth, really, but um, they believe that the, the, the earth was our mother. And there used to be these billboards in the 70s during the uh, environmental movement, love your mother. Well, while I, we are stewards of creation, and Bert, I love trees. I love, I'm, I'm a bit of a preservationist at heart, if, if I could be a preservationist from a Christian standpoint. Well, I think you can. It's called stewardship, you know? Amen. Amen. But but Mother Nature is is not that's not appropriate because the earth is not our mother. God is our creator and our sustainer. You were talking about praying. I remember this story of a preacher that shared it, said they were having a drought in the farming community and they decided to have a prayer meeting. And they all showed up at the local church, you know, when it was the church was the central part of everything. 
and uh, everybody got there, and only one little girl was prepared when they were through. She brought her umbrella. <laughs> everybody else. Amen. That's everybody, Yeah, but that's exactly right. She brought her umbrella. So, right on. Uh, so, no, not Mother Nature, but the Lord of the Harvest. Ah, that's a great verse to remember. Thank you, Caleb, and thank you for your service and 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 farming and ranching. Can I say one last thing? Go Bert? right ahead. America is known for look. Nobody can touch us when it comes to productivity of our farmers. Um, out in California, where they grow all those uh, lettuce and tomatoes, like. 90% of all the world's tomatoes come out of California, and they call it the salad bowl of the world. Then the Midwest, they call it the breadbasket of the world. Bert, I believe that our productivity in farming has been unparalleled because there are so many Christians that are farmers. Yeah, they are. And I believe Amen. they've prayed over it. Amen. I agree. And uh, just go through the Midwest. I remember going through Iowa the first time and just see rows and rows and rows of corn. And uh, it was, I thought I had seen a lot of corn growing up here in Northeast Mississippi. It was nothing. But praise the Lord again. Thank you. Let's go to Ohio and talk to Sean. Sean, welcome. Good afternoon, brothers. How are you today? Doing well, brother. Hope you are as well. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, thank you. It's, it's, it's an honor always to talk to you guys. Uh, I uh, find myself teaching Sunday school and, and a couple other things that I need a study Bible. Um, I've looked up John MacArthur, who I really enjoy his teachings, um, and uh, a few others, but I've, I've, I'm coming up short on uh, study Bibles, good study Bibles that have Christ uh, when he talks in red. And um, I just wanted to know maybe if you guys knew of any offhand or something like that, um, I can hang up and listen. But I love you guys so much and appreciate your ministry and the ICU ministry, too. I think that's wonderful. Amen. Mm, This is funny. I'm holding in my hand the open Bible, the new open Bible, red letter edition. And it is the red letter edition. And I can recommend the open Bible. It has got great helps. It's got great references. It has great introduction to uh, each book of the Bible. It gives you an overview. And it is a good reference Bible. Uh, I was wondering, does David Jeremiah's, is it red letter, Alex, or do you remember? You know, I, I was given a, a David Jeremiah study yeah. Bible and and. I wanted it, and I passed it on to a friend, and I do not remember if it's red letter uh, because I didn't have it but a, a few days before I gave it away, and I'm sorry, I don't know. Um, but, but it's a good, um, listen, I know you asked for a red letter one, but I let me recommend David Jeremiah's study Bible. Uh, it He does an awesome job, Alex. He His notes, he does a fantastic job of, of putting those there. But there are some good study it, Bibles out there. It, well, there are, and, and let me say this, um, in terms of like personal discipleship, one of the great ones is called the Life Application Bible, uh, and there's a Life Application New Testament, but I would recommend get the whole Bible, Life Application Bible. But in terms of a lot of history and just great facts, I have been very impressed, and it's somewhat young, it's been out maybe a decade, but the Holman Christian Standard Study Bible. H-C-S-B, Holman Christian Standard Study Bible, is is really good for a lot of, you know, backstory. 
Uh, let me say one last thing about apologetics, and this is a little off topic. But Henry Morris, who was a great Christian thinker and a champion of biblical worldview and refuting evolution, there's a, a Henry Morris study Bible. Sometimes it's um, been called uh, the... Well, I forget something about apologetics, but Bert, do you, does that name ring a bell? The Henry oh, yes. Morris. Listen, I I discovered him early on, and it was just I sure. a, yes, I did. And Institute for Christian. Yes, Research. he helped me. I mean, early on in my early years, because uh, evolution never made sense to me. I, I'll just put it. No, uh, it just it it was hard. I knew it was based on mutations. You know what I mean? It had to be yeah. based on mutations. And I was raised on the farm where I saw mutations like from cows and different things. And they, then they would, it would always be corrected, you know, in the next, uh, uh, you know, generation. And so it never made sense. And then when I saw that, it helped. Yeah. The, the Henry Morris was, um, they call him the father of modern creationism. He founded ICR Institute for Creation Research. Now, his study Bible, as far as I know, is only available in the King James. But it's the notes are excellent. I cannot overstate how good the notes, not just on science and creation, but on the deity of Christ, biblical worldview. And honestly, folks, um, you really need a good apologetics study Bible in your library. And the Henry Morris uh, version is a really, really good start. Our great producer, uh, Devin, has let me know that Jeremiah's Study Bible does have a red-letter edition. So, well, amen. And it is a good study Bible. I use it quite often, and it is great. Hey, we got time for more, so let's go to Texas and talk to James. James, welcome. Thank you for waiting. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll be quick because I know we're running out of time. But uh, I watched a four-part series on the days of Noah. I think it's put out by the Seventh-day Adventists. They said there was a certain denomination, and they proved that they had usurped three of the first four commandments. And uh, everything seems to be put back in by the Protestants. You know, Martin Luther, and each of them came through and changed, changed, got it back to what it was supposed to be. And uh, we get down to the, the Sabbath day, and their reference to the Sabbath day was uh, – they used uh, Revelations where John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord today. And they used the Greek, and I'm not a Greek student, so I don't understand different Greek words that are used. But they said it meant a day of the Lord. In other words, uh, little L, like a day God created. And they kind of presented it that way. And uh, the Lord says, if you love me, keep the commandments. So my question is, you know what? I want to be wrong. Amen. Amen. It's hard enough. Mm. God keeps you, and He saves you. You got nothing really to do with it, but you're supposed to to try and be holy. That's my confusion. Amen, James. Thank you for your heart, uh, Alex. I want mm. you to answer, James. But before we do, we won't have time for. Ruth in Virginia, hope you're listening. And she looked that up, and she was letting us know that David Jeremiah did have a red-letter edition. I love our listeners. They not only help us, they help the people who are listening as well. So thank you, Ruth. But what about the Sabbath, Alex? We we get that quite often. Is that one of the questions in our uh, in the book? It, it is. I thought and, it and was. I, I want to say uh, thank you so much for your tender heart. 
And I can tell you've got a heart for the Lord. And also, all of us, we want to be right with the Lord. Uh, look, I realize that the, the Sabbath was a wonderful part of what God had given Israel to picture. I mean, like so much of the Old Testament, I mean, the sacrifices in the tabernacle, so much of it was a picture of all that we would have in Jesus. And, and when we come to Jesus and we are uh, in Christ, a believer, remember in Matthew 5, 17, Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill. So in Jesus, all of the law of Moses and all the prophecies were fulfilled. So when you are a born-again believer, you have kept the Sabbath because you've kept all of the law by virtue of being in Christ, the one who is our Sabbath rest. So I want to say this. Uh, you don't add to the free grace gospel of Jesus. Now, should we go to church on Sunday? Yes. But, Bert, Sunday worship is not the Sabbath. And all the Seventh-day Adventists in the world, I love them, and I know many of them love Jesus. You can think you're taking a Saturday Sabbath, but you're not. Once that curtain was ripped when Christ was on the cross, Matthew 27, 51 through 54, the old was done away with. You can observe all the Saturdays from now till kingdom come, and you're not keeping a Sabbath. The only way it's possible to keep a Sabbath today is to be born again and a believer in Jesus. Amen. Uh, we thank you for that great question, Jay. It was awesome. Let me share this, and I, I and this has come up since we started doing this program and getting this answer. The Sabbath, yes. Look how it came about. God rested after everything He had made, and that introduced the seventh day. And yes, the uh, the law had the Sabbath day, but when Jesus comes along, redemption, the redemption. And his resurrection was on the first day of the week. And I, I just want to tell you, they started celebrating that. And uh, in the early church, they was meeting then on the first day of the week. And so, Alex, uh, listen. But the main thing, worship him. Worship with yeah. God's people and make sure that Christ is honored. Hey, Alex, tomorrow is Fire Away Friday. You going to be ready? I'm going to be ready, and we hope everybody will be listening. Thanks for staying tuned to Exploring the Word. Stay tuned to Jesus. That's the most important thing. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.